With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast. And here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Good afternoon, evening, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It is time once again for the Across the Podcast, your daily audio look at all things Wimbledon. I am Ed McGrogan here once again to uh, to recap the day at the All England Club over uh, over the airwaves here. And uh, day five, I think certainly one of the most interesting days we've seen thus far uh, in the championships. You know, we we come off. A day where Rafael Nadal goes down. I thought this day actually had a little bit more from from top to bottom, and you know perhaps that's because we are moving along in the the rounds of the tournament, a different stage. Today was the first day of third round play, but I thought from this morning's results to a near scare, a you know a near colossal upset involving Serena Williams. And even into the day's last match, a match that hasn't ended yet, John Isner and, and Marin Cilic, I thought overall this was a pretty strong day uh, value-wise for the Wimbledon watcher. And, you know, it's a, it's perhaps a, a nice day where you are, and I think it's, it's safe to say that you were rewarded for uh, staving off the good weather and good vibes for some television time. Um, you know, we... I just mentioned the isner Chilich match that ended, but has not ended in theory. It's going to start up tomorrow at 10-10 in the 5th. Uh, there will be a lot of talk. There already was a lot about uh, where, you know, where this match can go from here. Isner, of course, part of the longest match ever had, a, had a, at Wimbledon. He will have a fresh night to recuperate along with Chilich. Two huge servers, uh, two guys that don't don't give up too much whatsoever. So you could definitely see this going for a little bit longer. You know, even the Isner Mahout match that took that still went 24 games after its second day, which completely battered Isner and Mahout overnight. They had incredible sores, um, cramps. You know, war, the feet were pretty ugly, from what I recall hearing. Isner saying and Andy Roddick saying, um, so I think you're gonna you're gonna see a little bit more of this one tomorrow. Um, the way this ended, Isner actually held from love 30 in the final service game, uh, doing so with a couple aces, doing so after he lost the first point because he was unable to challenge it because there was no Hawkeye available in the darkness. So a very strong hold there from Isner, even stronger because. The umpire actually came out at 10-9 Chilich on a changeover, told both players that that was going to be the the last game of the day, of the night really. 
And I thought it was a good point made on ESPN by Brad Gilbert saying that that is, you know, although it establishes where the mat, when the match is going to end, which has always been a problem for tennis because so often we see matches that umpires, it seems like they're going to call it or players want to want to stop playing, but, you know, there's no real rhyme or reason for when a match is called. Uh that perhaps was a little bit unfair to Isner. I, I, Brad Gilbert thought, and I do agree with him, in that suddenly all the pressure falls on him, knowing that he can't even win the match. And you know, instead of instead of saying this, perhaps a few games earlier, you know, we can go theoretically to ten ten and then call it. Um, I think that was, I, and I think that is speaks more impressive to Isner's final hold there to take this match into a second day. Um, it, uh, it it will be it'll be a it, it'll be one that you might want to spend some save some time for tomorrow because I don't think this is going to be one of those matches that ends after two games, and uh, you know that's how today's play wrapped up. It started on the men's side, at least. We'll certainly get into Serena and how that all transpired. Kind of want to save the best for last because that really, to me, was the match of the tournament. It's going to be a tough one to top. On the men's side today, we started off with started off with an upset on the seeding chart. Number seven, Raonic goes down to number twenty-six, Kyrgios, five seven seven five seven six six three. Uh, I did think Kyrgios was going to win this. I mentioned that earlier on the Across the Podcast. I just like what Kyrgios brings at this particular, at this big event, the biggest event in tennis. And he did it last year against Rafa. Uh, today, the contrast in how both men operate, how they uh, present themselves on the court could not be more different, with the exception of both of them wore sleeves grown in massive popularity in the NBA, but only recently have come to tennis, and, and now we're seeing a couple of those. Uh, started with Raonic, of course. And, uh, you know, one of the questions we had today touches on that. At taping 11, uh, Ed, could you could could you see whether it was true that Kyrgios was wearing the sleeve to mess up Raonic's head? Could could be, you know, you can't. I don't think you can put anything past Kyrgios, who is as loose a cannon in every respect as you could think of, uh, with his serve, with uh, really his his words, his, just his thought process altogether. Another question about Kyrgios from Damian Sport One: What do you think about Kyrgios's game? Really like, and I'm a little more assured of saying, uh, with my answer there is, I love Kyrgios. He's shown me some of the most explosive tennis that I've seen. Early rounds of slams, he's done it against some of the greatest players that we have in our era in Federer. And, um, today against Raonic, it's you know it's a very impressive win because as Raonic just doesn't give you anything, especially on grass, and to kind of hold form with the Canadian for that long. That did impress me about Raonic, about Kyrgios, even besides the obvious gifts and the big shots in his game, that he was able to kind of hold steady 
wait his opportunities and, and take advantage of him. He lost the first set, then won the last three. So Kyrgios, I'm quite a bit high on at this point. He plays Richard Gasquet, who I expect him to beat in the next round. Um, Gasquet won his fifth straight match of five total that he's played against Grigor Dimitrov. 6-3-6-4-6-4. This was another early day match that, even though it was not a good match, this was pretty... I think a disappointing for Dimitrov, but and just didn't give a lot in terms of the uh, the value uh, from a, a viewer's perspective. But uh, you know, it was a match that car- that had it, it built the elements of this day of play. We had matches that were kind of one sided, but impressive in their own right. I mean, that's very impressive for Gasquet to beat Dimitrov five straight times, upset him here based on the seeding, and make the second week. Um, he'll play Kyrgyz losing to Raonic, or beating Raonic, but losing to Gasquet, who, from more than others, in the short time that I had a, a big devotion to follow when you are banking on him for your uh, athletic viewing pleasure. Take that one down. Um, the other... The other fourth rounder, you know, we like I said, we got a lot of the the big Monday matches starting to get settled today. Uh, Wawrinka to play Gofan, uh, the on the opposite side of the of the Gasquet Kyrgios match. Wawrinka still doing it in straights, nine sets up, nine sets down, four, three, and four over Verdasco. Gofan, 16 seed, he hasn't dropped a set either. Uh, both have won every set they've played. The competition that uh, Gofan has faced thus far, Zabios, Liam Brody, Marcos Bagdadis. So he's played a, a, I believe, a qualifier, a wild card, and then another qualifier. So I would still take that with a little bit of caution. And with Vavrinka, even though the competition arguably hasn't, you know, has been just as beat Souza, Estrella, Burgos, and Verdasco. The more important, the more he has not even been challenged thus far on grass, and that's what we've really wanted to see with Ravrinka is can he build? Can he build off of this French Open win more than we may think? Because he really, you know, from last year's Australian Open, eventually the stand of old did kind of come come to light. Uh, but this second slam, you know. There's 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 always a difference when we talk about players winning one slam and then the players that have won multiple slams, and the second slam does something in your in your perception of their legacy, uh, what they've given to the game, and really their their skill as a player, and we could be selling Vavrinka's second slam and what it means short because. Right now, there are very few players who have the kind of positive vibe uh, and, and really just momentum is, is the word I hate to use but comes to mind when I think of Wawrinka. And I don't think anybody anybody wants to play him right now. And that includes Djokovic, who's on his side of the draw. That includes Murray, uh, if they meet in the final. Includes Federer if they mean the foul. Vavrinka could not be more dangerous right now. I don't see David Gofan as the one who who extinguishes that danger. Now Vavrinka Kyrgios would be pretty interesting if that came to pass, and uh, if it does, we'll talk about it later on. And 
I think for that reason, let's let's give a presumptive applause of the day to Stan Wawrinka because because usually you would only give usually give the applause to kind of the underdog in the tournament early rounds of a slam, but I kind of want to acknowledge Wawrinka's achievement the the big big matches that you know we're going to pay attention to this are probably even more impressive. Dennis Kudla. He awaits the winner of Chilich and Isner. Kudla, who, you know, a, a wild card into this tournament, beats Zverev in the first round, gets a walkover. Um, I'm going to actually miss... Nope, Kudla, sorry. Kudla beat Cuevas in the first round, then Zverev. Um... Then defeats Santiago Geraldo 6-2-6-7-2-6-6-1-6-3. Dennis Kudla, who um well in years ago, and you know, really just kind of the the undoubt uh to 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 have already advanced this far. We'll see where we go to Chilich or Isner next. Um, you know, there's no way you cannot give the fate, but Kudla, you know, kudos to him, of course. Um at the top, Djokovic and Kevin Anderson. Both winning straights today. Djokovic over Tomic in kind of a classic Bernie fizzle-out match on center court of a slam. Kevin Anderson beats Leonardo Meyer pretty conventionally 4-6-3. and three. Uh, Djokovic will get a test from Anderson. Djokovic could get a very big test from Anderson. And I kind of want to see where Djokovic is at when he gets a big test. We have not seen Djokovic in any matches before Wimbledon and after the French Open final. So we don't really we haven't really seen him react to a challenge since that Vavrinka since the loss to Stan in, at Roland Garros. And that's what makes this fourth rounder one of Monday's good ones Monday. But this is gonna be one that I think we need to hear. Um Win or lose, I, I suspect it's a win, but I do want to see the kind of form that, that Djokovic puts himself in. Um, to the women's side, and let's start at the top, of course, with Serena Williams, who today comes from 3-0 down in the fifth, comes from a breakdown again at 5-4. This is after she had, she had come back from love three to three three and breaks again when she has to ends up winning the set seven five over heather watson of great britain i have railed on the country talk for days now on this podcast uh but it has to be mentioned here because you're at wimbledon when you're playing Andy Murray and Tim Henman type of treatment, this this crowd to kind of you know there is a lot of history that was at stake. There was the chance of the second Serena Slam being slammed shut. There was a chance of the calendar slam uh, fizzling out at Wimbledon. Uh, Serena had lost one match this entire year up to this point. That was to Kvitova in Madrid, and to have. Heather Watson be the one who could make all those things come to pass 
quite a scene at center court. This is this was definitely the match of the tournament. It will be tough to top it. I have to give credit to Serena Williams. Lover or hater, you absolutely have to give credit for her to once again finding a way comes down to. You could go over a, a series of different points, a series of different shots, a scream, a, a serve. In the end, it all boils down to Serena just will not, will not lose very often at all this year. And particularly at the slams, as we're seeing, still unbeaten at the slams, Kanem Truax tweets me, what will it take to stop Serena? Seems like everyone had had their shot. And, you know, as much as I say that about Serena and as much as credit as I give her too, some of this, some of it, of course, has to go on the uh, the opponents of hers. I've mentioned this before about, you know, Watson is probably the fourth or fifth player now over the past couple of slams to have had a clear chance to beat Serena Williams and wasn't able to do it from a very advantageous position. And you have to put something on the inability of Serena's opponents to get the job done. And it's not just players of Watson's rank or caliber. It's it's much higher ranked players, much more established players. So there is that side of things too, uh, which we must acknowledge. And But with all that said, that is in part because of the pressure that Serena applies and the, you know, just the atmosphere that her presence invites to the match. They take on a totally different feel than other matches, and you see that in how they often play out. Um, and, you know, in part that, in part that, gives players that it elevates them a little bit, I think, to give these performances. I haven't seen Heather Watson play that well ever before. She played great today. She got back an incredible amount of shots from Serena, who hit, you know, plenty of she hit over fifty winners herself. Watson, I think, barely had twenty, if at all. One at one time the count was fifty to fifteen. And so you see the play. You see Serena's opponents elevated because of that, um, because of you know the stakes involved and and what is there to be gained by beating her. But it's a thing where Steve Tigner is always he always talks about this, and I think it's a very good thing to remember: is these players have nothing to lose until they have something to lose. And once you are deep in a third set with a chance to beat Serena, then it is you who have something to lose. Serena also has plenty to lose. We've we've talked about that. There's no denying that Serena has more to lose, but the opponent has something to lose now. I mean, a player who hasn't done it and a player who's done it time and time again in Serena Williams. And with that win... She gets someone who may be able to stare her down if given the chance, and that's Venus Williams. You have to think that if Venus is given the opportunity to take out Serena, for as much talk as there is about, it's hard to bring. It's hard for her to get her game up against Serena, or really laughable things about she wouldn't want to be the one to prevent a, the Grand Slam. 
Venus is not going to blink the way that other players have. So I think the I think that the way this match transpires, it's clearly Monday's biggest match. Finish. I don't know if it'll be a good match. Many of them have not been good matches, so um, it's it's a must see match. That's all you can say. It was it was one that we we could we foresaw as definitely possible going into the fourth round. Venus has had a very strong year overall. I think by her standards, seated 16th has had a lot of nice wins, um, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a great one. I I I hope it is at least. Um, that would really uh, make this live up to the hype that Monday gets at Wimbledon. So Venus and Serena, we'll see what happens there. Winner gets Azarenka or Bencic. Azarenka and Bencic. Azarenka has won all of her sets. Uh, pretty convincingly, too. 4-4 four and four today over Modenovic. Bencic beats Bethany Maddox-Sands by that score. Uh, do Like I said, do like what Benches has done on grass, of course. Azarenka looking real strong, though. The f- it's form versus experience a little bit to me here. Um, but be quite a match for one of the Williamses to beat the other. And then in the quarterfinals, get Azarenka. Um, and the winner of that, possibly Sharapova in the semis. It's a very loaded half here. Sharapova, as I mentioned just now, 4-3 and three winner over... Four and three winner over Begu, and she'll play Zarina Diaz in the in the next round. A seven five six four winner over Petkovic. I go Sharapova all the way on that one. Finally, someone who we hand away, who I'll give a second applause of the day to, for a former U.S. Open champion, former French Open finalist, number twenty two seed, good grass court qualifier, two and zero over Stozer. Great stuff from Max Safarova. Just took out uh, another someone Vanaway knows well, Sloane Stevens. Um, Safarova does it in three sets: three six six three six one. Tough to go against Vanaway though. After that scoreline, two and zero. Oh. That's that's is so impressive. And uh, Safarova has gone the distance twice so far. Um, but uh, the French Open finalist makes it to another second week of a slam. So overall, I like Sharapova versus Vandaway in the quarters. Got to go with Serena. We'll go with Vika in the other quarter, um, and we'll talk about the other, the second half of the round of 16 matches on tomorrow's Across the Podcast. Like I said, tweet your questions to at Ed McGrogan, E-D-M-C-G-R-O-G-A-N. E-G-R-O-G-A-N. Tweet your questions. I took three of them today. Second, before everybody forgets your Twitter handle that I rattled off on this uh, app. But I still think it's worth it. And I appreciate any of your questions. Hope you guys have have enjoyed these podcasts so far. We'll keep them up. Once again, this is Ed McGrogan for Tennis.com. Thank you for listening to today's Across the Podcast. You've been enjoying the Tennis.com podcast. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.